0: All right, everyone, the Flex Squad after a heavy, heavy Thanksgiving meal is back. We apologize for missing last week, but it is championship week in college. It is make or break for the playoffs in the NFL. And most importantly, it is sleep training week in the Gopal household. Hari, please tell our listeners sleep training for the baby Maya. Oh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's very cool. Everyone's doing a lot of NPR voice here. Um, so it's going to be, I'm going to be real chill talking about these deaths today. going to keep it real quiet, real low key blessings. Maya, I'm going to play this for her later. We'll stay real quiet. Sleep training week. If you somehow get the flex squad podcast in her brain as like her sleep trigger, I'm going to be so excited because that means a, we have to record every week. We can't stop until she's, uh, <laughs> until she's like six years old and sleeping on her own dime. <laughs> and second, uh, I'm just, hopefully it'll translate added, to yeah. all of, all of our friends. I was gonna say it's it's gonna double our listener base if one more person listens. So <laughs> something along those lines for sure. Mark, how was your Thanksgiving, buddy? Dude, it was good. I ate so much. Like yesterday, I went for a run after coming back from Thanksgiving, and like now my back hurts. Like I think, I think I I think I did serious damage to my body. Ate too much, watched too much football, but trying to get back into swimming things here. Also, I lost yeah. a lot of money. I don't know if we're going to acknowledge that in public, but we lost a lot of money this weekend until you guys went Ooh. big on that wedding. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I, I did. I, not lose I, a lot of I money. brought it around. I did okay. I it yeah, I I was fine. I you may have lost a lot of money. I was very prudent in my betting. Yeah, Mark, I was getting shredded to the point where I was like, I like emailed Mavada and I was like, "Hello, I would like you to send me all of my wagers for this year because it's time for me to have an internal look moment." So send me two Excel spreadsheets neither of which is formatted correctly for me to actually do anything with them. And each of them is actually formatted differently. So it's not like I can just copy the rows from one and add them to the next, because one's like January to June, and the other one's like June to like November 25th. And I was like, I mean, look at this. Look at what you've done. And then, uh, Everyone, then I said that's big, here's the, that big here's, the, here's the general feedback. Everyone should track your bets in real time. Because A, it shows if you've been gambling too much. And B, it shows you what you're actually good at gambling on. You know what I'm garbage at gambling on? The fucking NFL. If you listen to this podcast and you take any of my NFL bets, you're a dumb idiot. I'm horrible at it. But you know what I'm really good at? College football. That's where I make my fucking money and MLS. That's all I give a shit about me anymore. Yeah, I was looking at that that period during the World Cup and I was like, God, I got hosed, man. Oh like, my account God. went from like way positive to way negative. It was not a good look. I lost 25% of my value in the World Cup alone, and I've been tr- struggling to get it back. I've been like sitting, I uh, got close to finish closing the gap, whatever, and fucking Atlanta United blessings put me fucking over the top. All, yeah, all blessings was at Atlanta United. Did the Atlanta United bet make it onto the Twitter account? Uh, it did, uh, and we said bet Atlanta United and Portland. Uh, so if you bet the Atlanta United, you won. If you bet Portland, Portland had a clear shot of goal and just straight up missed it. So that would have closed too, but very idiot. So I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, The nice part about all of uh, this sort of internal look I had is it made me realize just like the volume of gambling I have is also like getting, it's like, I don't know, maybe excess is not the right word because it's like lots of just transactional things. Like essentially, I am at a point where I gamble about $1,000 every six months. But like, for example, from July till the end of November, I gambled $1,078 um, of which I lost 1,024 and made 54. So I was like, okay, this I'm like at like two percent. This is great. Or five It's like a, like a CD. It's like opening a CD. Yeah. Essentially, Wait, if, I'm if like, you okay. want, if you if you want to take your money, take it out of Bank of America. Don't put it in any interest accounts. <laughs> Just give it to us. We'll get you two percent, which is essentially bananas. And we're the we're the smartest guys you know. We are a bank essentially. Just trust us, and you will make two percent on your money every year for the rest of your life there you go exactly the only tough part is it doesn't tag what bets are still like yet to be paid out or like are still open balance of bets essentially um so it's always a struggle but anyways enough about my uh bavada excel documents and on to this week's (laughs) lines let's get it started with college football we got the longhorns of texas playing the boomers sooner oklahoma sooners in Tex in dallas at&t stadium jerry world let's go after a thursday night game also at at&t stadium which we'll talk about later oklahoma minus seven and a half over under like the big 12 always does 78 mark you're a big 12 insider buddy what what is the feeling around this game listen i already guys told you how to play this on the pod on the text list, I mean. I mean If this over-under was 88, I would still consider that over. Like, OU is both simultaneously scoring an insane amount, and also, like, their defense is, like, barely putting up any resistance to any of these teams. I mean, two weeks ago, they gave out 40 points to Kansas. Um, The last four of their games would have gone over 90 on an over-under, and the only one that wouldn't have made this over in their last eight games was a Kansas State game that they dropped 51 points, and Bill Snyder just scored, like, his standard 14 points. Like, I, this, this game's indoors, so weather's not a factor. Um, it's noontime. You know, OU has a lot to play for um, coming out of this past weekend where, you know, they have a very real shot at getting into the playoff, assuming that uh, Bama beats Georgia and everything else kind of holds holds to chalk. So, like, OU has a lot to play for. This is going to be a high-scoring game. Give me uh, give me the over on the 78. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, you know, I was looking at what you sent, and I was like, God damn, they put up so many points. But, like, where my head also goes is the only way Texas wins this game is the under, right? Like is there no, a scenario? because they, they, no, they, they played, and Texas beat them, and the game went over 90. Like, but, like, in, in the, the last in, – in what, Texas' last – I was looking at this. Texas' last six, they've gone 24 points or less once – excuse me, three times out of the last six. Um, and then they got 41 against West Virginia, 41 against Texas Tech, and then a 35 against Oklahoma State. So, like, I, I can't say you average all of those because, like, it's either they get 24 or they get 40. Like, they're not, like, in the 35 range. And I think that's, like, been relatively consistent even against Oklahoma, against Kansas State, the game before that. Like, they're either low-scoring or they're above 40. And I think if they're above 40, obviously the over hits, but it feels like Oklahoma wins that game. Whereas if it's, like, they somehow like hold Oklahoma tight and it's like 24, 17 or something like that. And they win. That's the only scenario I see them winning it. Yeah. I, and agree. So, I agree. And so I think, I think Oklahoma is going to win this game and I like them to actually like come back with a vengeance. Um, I always think it's tough to beat a team twice in a season. I feel like we've seen that a couple times with Bama when they like drop in the SEC game and then we'll go on to like win the national championship. Um, Oklahoma's already lost this team once. So I think they come out guns uh, blazing. Um, Kyle Murray is just, his his strides are so fast. Like, it looks like he takes three steps before another guy takes one. Like, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah. And so I look at this 7 and half and I'm like, I get it. It's a rivalry game, all that good stuff. But, like, Oklahoma, like, Mark, what you pointed out to us, is going to get to 45 or 50. I'm not so sure, especially in the last two games of Texas, kind of looking a little sloppy. I'm not so sure they're going to match that pace. So give me the seniors to cover seven and a half here. NPR, Hari, what are we saying on this game? Uh, so I, I agree. I think the over is the easiest bet you can make on this. Um, and I'm 100%. Uh, I think that's easy. So I'm going to give you the the spread bet. So we've seen, obviously, we've seen this exact same game where Oklahoma and Texas played and Texas beat Oklahoma. But if you look at their S&P Plus like, rankings and who they are sort of ranked with, We've actually seen this exact game a couple times this season. We've seen – so Georgia is one spot ahead of them in S&P and uh, is one spot ahead of Oklahoma in S&P. And South Carolina is one spot below Texas in S&P. And that game happened earlier this season. It was 41-7. Michigan is one (laughs) spot below um, Oklahoma in S&P. And Michigan State is one spot ahead of Texas in S&P. And we already saw that game. And Michigan won by 14. This spread is also very surprising. I'm surprised it's only as uh, sort of tight as it is. Um, I think Oklahoma is going to blow the doors off Texas. Like I don't, I don't think it's going to be close. So um, if you, I think if you're smart, you parlay the over and the and the spread because I think I think it's not going to. It's going to be a lapper. I think this will close. This bet will close in half. I'm not worried about it at all. Yeah, I think. Uh I think it's an interesting opportunity because you either you go for that, you'd parlay the over with the uh if you if you're really trying to hit a homer here, the over with Oklahoma to cover. The other one I like is like this is one of those games where those alternate spreads could be interesting. Right? Because like if Oklahoma just comes out and it's like, Hello, we're gonna pay you guys back for what you did to us in Dallas earlier and essentially the smackdown and like wins by two touchdowns, like you're probably getting the same odds as you would when you parlay the two, um the over and the spread. So I don't know. This may be like an interesting opportunity to like really, really try and hit a homer with your bets. And the other thing is, right, Oklahoma has to score a bit of style points, right? Because there's a scenario where Georgia and Alabama play tight, which we'll talk about in a second. And then sort of Oklahoma gets sort of shut out because whatever, they just end up playing the same game again in the semifinals. So Oklahoma sort of has to like beat up Texas to show like, listen, I know we lost this team we have to beat them by a bunch of points. So there's a little added motivation to like sort of show off to the committee. Anyways. Yeah, no, that's true as well. Uh, I think you bring up a good point. So we'll get into the, the committee stuff in the playoffs in here after this next game, but we've got Alabama versus Georgia rematch in Atlanta, the same stadium where they played the national championship, Georgia plus 13 over under 63 and a half. Hari, you're our SEC insider. What, uh, what are you looking at for this game? I think so. Like it it still holds true. Saban has always beat his uh, predecessors. Um, And and it's funny because we talked about this also on the text list about when we're going to, what we're going to lock in on this game. And I actually, I was, I'm very impressed by Kirby Smart. I think that that guy has done a really good job of week to week preparing for the team that he plays. I mean, we, we didn't have this podcast last week, but we talked about it sort of openly that we thought Georgia Tech was going to cover 17 easy like we just thought there was no chance that georgia blows out georgia tech like the way they did and georgia georgia was ready and 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 that's to say something like they're not a team that really practices the option and earlier in the season they had when they saw the option they didn't play that well so essentially in a week kirby got them ready for the option i'm not saying it's going to be like i still think alabama wins but 13 has a ton of points to cover against a very good georgia team so i would take georgia here but like again like don't be surprised if georgia like kind of punches Alabama in the mouth, and, and which Alabama hasn't really had this season, and, and maybe goes out there and, and scores a couple touchdowns early and, and really starts to see, like, can Tua do like, sort of come from behind win and can Saban put together another come from behind win against Georgia? Yeah, I think that's interesting because one of the lines that caught my eye for this game, um, outside of, obviously, the, the kind of spread on the game itself, was the um, the over-under for the first quarter. Because, like, I know we've been, again, talking outside of this about how much the uh, Alabama has really just easily covered that first quarter bet or first quarter spread. Um, and the under for those games is usually about seven and a half, eight and a half. Um, and so I feel like this is one of those games where, like, Georgia comes in, puts that touchdown, and then Alabama has to come in and put a touchdown to, like, match with them. And then we're kind of, like, off to the races from there. And so um, I think that's a, an intriguing way to bet this game. But I think, to your point exactly, Hari, like, there's a bit of vengeance in this game. Georgia is good. Um, and is going to be the best team that Alabama's baseball season. Um, I'm not going to listen to those people that are like, well, traveling to LSU is very tough. Like that offense is not stack up. That LSU offense does not stack up anywhere near this Georgia offense. So I at this plus 13 and I said, look, this is a really good team. If Kirby can really put a chip on their shoulder and say, guys, like this is our payback for the national championship. We're going to not even let these dudes make the playoffs potentially. Give me Georgia to, to at least cover the 13. Mark, what are you looking at for this game? Yeah, so, I mean, I, the more i thought about this, I'm not quite as bullish on Georgia as I was when I texted you guys a few days about it, but I, I, I think the rationale that you guys are laying out there holds true <laughs> that, that 13 is just a lot of points delayed. So, like, I think Georgia might actually be the second-best team in the country um, all around. Like, they're really good. And the fact that they're almost two touchdown underdogs, one, says a lot about how good Vegas thinks Alabama is, but also, two, like, kind of is mind-blowing. Like, I don't know if there's much precedent a team that good being being this big of a dog so um I mean it's a neutral side game I think Auburn kind of put together a little bit of a blueprint in that first half against uh against Bama about at least like kind of how to keep it close like you get a couple stops and you pull out a couple trick plays and punch them in the mouth a little bit so like it's I, I can see it being close two touchdowns is a ton like I, I'm not like allocating all my funds towards this game but it's if I were to, to buy anything here, I'd buy Georgia and take uh, the thirteen points. Yeah, I mean, and so it's interesting. Do you? Oh, go ahead, Harry. I was just gonna say Vegas. I mean, it, 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 to sort of put a finer point on what Mark said, Vegas opened this line at ten and a half for Bama, and it's been bet up to thirteen. So it's not like I, I, sharps yeah. sharps public. Everyone is moving in on Bama, and I think it's you're right. A lot of bias where people haven't really watched this Georgia team play, but they're very, very good. And might be as good as the team that, that made played the national championship last year. Yeah, and like using those advanced stats, like on looking at S and P Plus, essentially Georgia and Clemson are right there next to each other. Um, and so you're telling me like Alabama is 13 points better than everyone in the nation on a neutral site, which like might be true. Like they may be that amazing, but I'm not ready to buy it yet, especially with uh, Georgia having a bit of a, a salty taste in their mouth after last year's national championship game in the stadium. So. I want to bring up a quick scenario before we go to the stupid guest line, which we may not even have to worry about considering our big 10 is not on this podcast. Um, but in this scenario that Alabama loses and let's say Oklahoma wins, Ohio state wins. who Who's in um, in each of your books? Hari. I think it is like, I think you should put not Alabama in because here's, here's a secret about college football. College football is easy to win money. And like we talked about the open because it's boring and because it's like always the same teams win. Um, I don't want to see Alabama in this anymore. I think it'd be really fun to have like a Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, like there's four different teams that play four different styles of ball. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, but I think Alabama still gets in and probably gets uh, Clemson in game one, obliterates them and then probably gets, maybe Georgia game two, and then beat them. Again, it's hard to be a team twice in the season. So, um, I don't know. I, I think it's hard to say that Alabama, if they lose to essentially what is the number two team in the country, maybe number one team in the country, that they should be left out of the playoffs. Interesting. Mark? Yeah, I mean, I don't see – I mean, unless something crazy happened and Alabama gets run out of run out of Atlanta by like 30 points, I, I don't see a scenario where they drop out of the top four.
1: So, uh, but Alabama gets get run down. out
0: of the playoffs. Though that's very exciting. Like, let me give you a scenario: Bama gets run out, Tua gets hurt. Now this is not a good team, right? All of a sudden, I'm like, I don't want to watch this team get slaughtered by Clemson next week. No, I mean, mean, of course. For entertainment value, like on a Saturday, I'll sit, like I'll sit and watch some crazy Big Twelve game over a 17-13 SEC game any day. Like, I agree that those four teams that you ran off, like like Clemson, Notre Dame, OU, and Georgia, would make the more entertaining playoffs. But like that like the, Alabama would have to give the playoff committee a huge out to leave them out of the top four at this point. Yeah, I'm just curious though, like so if you're saying Oklahoma gets left out, so essentially like the big four like me, the top four just stay as is. Yeah. yeah. I think and, like, all that happens like, is that Georgia, they say like, well, with Alabama and they let them play again. It would be like oh. Clemson versus Bama, yeah, then like jo- Georgia Notre Dame, G in some yeah. In, in fact, lame. yeah, that, that's a crazy scenario. Georgia loses and then moves up a spot in order to avoid having the exact same game two weeks in a row. So that is, I think, a crazy scenario where Georgia oh, plays no. Alabama they're, close No. and then you move no. them up. No, if Georgia's two losses, they're not making it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, all right. We'll, But right. We'll see. I just, I'm I going to be so intrigued if Ohio State wins their game, Oklahoma wins their game, and Clemson wins their game, and then all of a sudden, like God, if Alabama loses, but that, they miss the playoff. So the problem, the problem is, the, in the order, and then they go play like UCF. <laughs> the problem is the order that this is going to play out in on Saturday is Ohio State is going to know what Alabama, what Georgia, Alabama, and OU have done before that Big Ten game kicks off. So like, I think like Ohio State, as as like the outsider looking in, is in the best position. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, but they'll know. They won't know what Clemson has done. Right and like I do think something will be Pitt, but yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's just it it, it it it's interesting. I think if Alabama loses, they shouldn't get in, especially if you're going to count this whole conference championship thing. Um, but right, we'll find last out. Year They, they game? didn't even play. They didn't even play in the SEC championship game, and they still got in. Yeah. No. So like, there's precedent for that. Yeah, this is all very true. Um. Okay. So we'll do a quick guess the lines here. Ohio State versus Northwestern. Uh, Mark Big Ten football. Who we got? Ohio State. Give me the spread. Give me the over under. Um, we'll talk. We can talk about it. Uh, Ohio State by like sixteen and a half. Over oh. under fifty eight. Sorry. I was gonna say Ohio State by fourteen, and I was gonna say fifty. I was gonna say fifty eight, but I'll say fifty six market 50. okay so it is uh ohio state by 14 over under 61 i think it's where it's settled so Ooh. mark gets the over under Hari gets the spread i always go with the spread as the tie break kick us off um i think i mean i think i didn't even think about what mark said but mark brought up a good point is that um ohio state's gonna have to like, see what has happened and then try to like perform on demand which i think is a very exciting thing i guess the a Northwestern team that is, like, maybe not that great, and I don't know why they are even in this position, um, I just think they're going to, like, blow them out. Like, I, I don't think it's close. Like, if we're talking about S P Plus Comparables, this is Ohio State facing Wake Forest or Ohio State facing University of Louisiana Lafayette. Like, yeah. they're going to blow the fucking doors off Northwestern. Yeah. For our specific audience, let's put it this way. Northwestern is six spots behind Georgia Tech in s and S Plus ranking this year. <laughs> yeah, it's like on paper, yeah, I, this is not a good team. Yeah, if I told you that we were playing uh, Ohio State and we had to guess the line, I would say two hundred and thirty. There's no, <laughs> no chance we would cover. <laughs> I mean, they're, you know, they're like they're like te- they're like twelve spots behind Eastern Michigan. Like they're not a, a good team. It's not going to be close. So yeah, give me a State. How could Yeah, that's interesting. I think. I think this is one of those. uh, So, there's two points I want to say about this game. One is that Mark brought up a great point, which is that Ohio State, essentially, no matter what, is going to have to blow the roof off the doors of Northwestern. Um, And it'll just be a matter of by how much, because if like Oklahoma loses, then it's like, oh, wow, we like really have a chance to jump Georgia. Or if Oklahoma wins, like, oh, now we really have to get crazy and jump Georgia and Oklahoma. Um, So, I think. This 14 point line seems way too low. Like, the only reason Northwestern, I feel like, is even ranked is because at the time they played like a ranked Wisconsin team, a ranked Michigan State team, um, which were their two wins, their quote unquote big wins, um, lost to Notre Dame by 10, lost to Michigan by three. Um, You know, call it, you know, even though that was early in the season, like, they're not that good. Give me the 14. This is going to be crazy. Okay, what is Northwestern's largest margin of victory in this? uh, series in the series. All oh. time. All time in the history of the series. It goes back to 1913. What is the largest margin? I bet margin single of the digits, but I'll say nine. <laughs> Everyone is very close. It was when they went 21 to nothing in 1958. But since then, huh. Ohio, Ohio state has won out of the last times they've played. They have won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 3, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. They have won 20, they've won 30 of the last 31 against Northwestern all time, <laughs> dating back to 1972. <laughs> Y'all, Northwestern That's must amazing. get annihilated. So don't worry, and it'll this, be okay. And yeah, if you look back at like recent playoff history, like the, the best analogy for this game is this 2014 uh, Big Ten Championship where Ohio State came in at number six and hung 59 on Wisconsin to win 59-0 and jumped all the way into the top four. So, like, that's that's what Urban Meyer is going to be going for here, especially if, if things are kind of falling into place the way we think they will by Saturday night. Like, they're going to try to put a number up on this Northwestern game. Someone put a little asterisk in their notebook about this game because if, if, yeah, if the cards fall right, this is, like, one of those... This might be another Atlanta United play. Like, I'm ready to, I'm ready but, to set some... But the, the problem with that is, like... The problem is, like, I could see this line moving a couple points towards Ohio State, like, late in the day on Saturday because we're not going to be the only ones thinking uh, this way, right? Like, people know, people the, know the game. What's the fans. number you're uncomfortable betting in this game? What's the number? Is it three touchdowns at 21? And you said, oh, that's, that seems like a crazy number. What's the number that you feel uncomfortable betting? Yeah, like, I'd say 18 and up gets, gets a little iffy. Just because, like, Northwestern better. Northwestern is scrappy. They kept this noted in cl- game close last month, like, they, they, in theory, there's a scenario where they keep it close. Also, under. Yeah. Is a good play. I know we haven't. I know we haven't really talked about that. But the under here, I think, is also a really good play. I think Northwestern's defense is a little bit better than people are saying. Um, and so I think like Ohio State like may score like I don't think they're going to score 59, but that it's very reasonable they win 40 to I think or something. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, like. I don't know. I don't credit the, North, the Notre Dame win that much because like Notre Dame was just like squeaked by like very mediocre teams. I mean, obviously their like, their one beat down was the Syracuse game, um, but I don't know. Like one by seven against USC, ten by Northwestern. I don't know. I'm not going to put a lot of weight in the Notre Dame matchup just because yeah, no, don't fair. feel like They've played a very tough schedule, but um, yeah, I don't know. Let's put put last week next to this. We'll see where the line moves. Maybe, maybe I think to answer your question, for me it would be 17, Hari, but. I don't think it'll get that high. I can see it getting up to 16. But let's move on. Let's move on to the NFL. We got Thursday Night Football. The Saints at the Cowboys, plus seven, over, under 53. Hari, you've sent like 10 messages about this game. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence is saying crazy things on air. Please tell me, what are you going to do with this game? game? Yeah. First of all, this line, by the time I had already texted about it, overnight it had moved to eight points. This is the easiest cover of the year. It doesn't make any sense to me how you do not pour it on the fucking Saints. And here's the thing. We we hear in the last – I don't want to yell about this, bet because the baby is sleeping, but I am yelling. This is as loud as my voice will get on this bucket. There is no reason why the Saints don't win this game. The Saints are actually in, like, a legitimate defense, but people have – every week it's like, oh, the Saints have – like, the Falcons, they force fumbles in the red zone three times, and one of them was a phenomenal fumble where the guy dives across the line and knocks out of Matt Ryan's hand an incredible play. Um, they force three fumbles in the red zone, recover them. And we are still out here being like, well, you know, Atlanta Falcons, 28, three, they always blow stuff. Like that's not the, I mean, yes, some of that, but mostly like the Saints defense is really good. And you have one more week to take advantage of this arbitrage before they like shut down Ezekiel Elliott. And then people are like, wait, are the Saints actually good? Are they going to win the Super Bowl? Because there's no way they don't cover this eight point. I, this feels like an incredibly easy bet. And I don't understand. Like, can someone tell me why this? Like, I, it's not like Jerry World. is some like impossible place to play. It's mostly just like quiet people just like sitting around pouring beers on people in front of them. Like, it's, you know, they, it's, the Saints by a million points. Why would they? Why would they not cover it? Uh, okay, so you bring up a very interesting point, which is that like, okay, in all <laughs> realistic scenarios, the Saints should easily win this game. I think what's tough is one Thursday night games are funky just like by nature they go odd um and that's just the way it is I know these guys like all of them have had a week off to prepare um but I think that's like one thing to watch out for the second part is the Cowboys have been like sneaky good at home like I agree with you like Jerry World is like normally not a very tough place to play um but in the years that the Cowboys have been good we've had like like our whole kind of tried and true thing is like we've been solid at home and then like Split the difference on the road, and, and we're ten and six. And we make the playoffs, yay! Um, but we the only home loss is the Titans' win, which got wonky. Um, we were up early and then had a red zone turnover and missed the field goal, and all of a sudden things fall apart. But that's the other kind of case against this. Um, the Cowboys rank third in the NFL in terms of points allowed and seventh in the NFL so in terms of yards allowed. So, like again, sneaky defense, which is not something I'm used to saying about this team, but. I come around to this and I say, I think the Saints are going to win. Like, I don't see a scenario where the Cowboys like pull this out at the very end of the game like they did against the Eagles or they did against the Falcons. I think the Saints will win. And so, like, this seems like a very interesting teaser game. Like, I have kind of abandoned the teaser mantra um, as of late. But if you take this down to like Saints minus one and like do it with like the Oklahoma game as well, for example, who we we feel like are going to win as well, um, I think you could get some pretty solid value there. But I think I think the Cowboys might cover here, Hari. Like, I really do. Like, I think the Saints win by a touchdown. But the seven and a half, that little half-point ticker, is, is what throws me off. Um, if you want to buy the half-point, then maybe go that route. By the time this kicks off, it's going to be like nine. We gotta, we yeah, it's going to be nine. got to move he, on. He, he, here's, here's the other thing I'm saying. Is that, like, right? So the Saints are number one against the rush in yards per game in the NFL, period. There's no one better than them. Two, Dallas has sort of played like a kind of cupcake schedule, right? They, like, haven't had, like, a marquee win. Like, maybe you can see the Skins last week. Maybe they're kind of a division leader, but, like, they, you know, they beat the off. Like, they haven't played, like, incredible football. Also, Dak Prescott, among all quarterbacks in the league, ranks 23rd in QBR. If this game is the Saints shutting down the run and then asking Dak to beat the Saints, it's over. I mean, there's there's no – it's, it's going to be an onslaught, right? There's no chance. That he's going to be able to pull it off. He's down there with Alex Smith and Matt Stafford and Blake Bortles and Baker Mayfield. It's like he's around those kind of guys when Drew Brees is number one and is crushing it. Right? Like it's just going to be an air raid on the guys. Yeah, I think okay. So you're right And that. Like if the Saints jump out to an early lead, like it's all over. Like it's done. Um, the only other thing I'll say is like this on the running game side of it is like the Saints haven't really faced any running backs. Like they faced Todd Gurley, who's the, who's their toughest guy. Um, and he went for 13 for 68, like five yards of carry. But once they got down big, it was like, all right, now we have to like air it out with Jared Goff. So, um, I don't know. The only way this, look, I agree that it's a crazy thing for the Cowboys win, but the only way the Cowboys keep us close is like by running the ball and like not getting down by like more than 17 points. Obviously the Saints are very capable of doing that very, very quickly. So I'm not ultra confident in this, but like, I don't know. I, I, I like the way the Cowboys are playing. That's all I'm here to say. Mark, where are you going with this game? Yeah, so I mean, here's a quiz, right? The, the Saints are 10-1. Are they've won 10 straight. Of those 10 games, how many do you think they've won by single digits? Oh, I was looking at this earlier. It's like, it's like one or two. Yeah, it's one. It was week two against Cleveland. Since then, they've won every game by double digits, including that crazy Rams game. Like, this, this team is, is like, a buzzsaw right now. Like, it's nothing. No, no, they, the, the, the Ravens one. Justin Tucker missed the extra point. What? Remember when Justin Tucker missed the extra point and he was, like, staring at it? Oh, him no, you're was right. Crazy. You're right. I missed that one. Sorry. It's two. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Okay. It doesn't change my mind. I, I just said. Okay. While we were talking about this. Sorry, I, um, I was doing my research and then I realized I had to go gamble on this right now. I had <laughs> open the Mubarak, uh, app right now. No, I mean like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna tease the Saints. That's what I'm gonna do. Whatever. <laughs> I'm probably gonna. <laughs> okay, that's a like, that's a good I response. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on Two, the Ravens traveling to Atlanta. The Falcons plus two and a half over under forty nine. This line makes no sense to me, but Hari, please tell me you agree. I don't know, man. This actually, this line has again shifted in the Falcons' direction. It's not like Falcons plus one or whatever. Um, no, and now it's now it's a pick'em. Oh no. Okay. Well, I don't. I don't know. This Falcons team. Here's here's the secret. I'm going to say it in my quiet voice because the baby's sleeping. This team is garbage, and they're not any good. Um, and I don't understand why, like. Like the Ravens are also built to like beat the Falcons too. Like they like have like a decent defense and that's all you need really to beat the Falcons is like someone to like cover people. Um, I don't know. This Falcons team is very frustrating to me and I, it's nice all my Sundays have now opened up so I don't have to watch Falcons football. I can just gamble um, and hang out with my family. So um, give me the Ravens here as a pick them. Like it feels like this is the straw that's going to break the camel's back and get a lot of Falcons fans really, really upset. Yeah, that's interesting. 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 Um, yeah, I, I, I think when it was Falcons plus two and a half, I was like, oh my God, give me the Falcons, please. Like this feels prime for a, um, like Falcons bounce back at home. Um, Lamar Jackson has two weeks of game tape on him, but at the same time, like one of the big things that the Falcons lack is speed on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know. Is Dion Jones back this week or is he just like still practicing every, every week we tell people he's going to be back. And then on Saturday, <laughs> we're like, JK, he's not back. I don't know what to tell you. So let's say no. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but like, he's the guy that they need to really, like if they were going to win this game, he feels like fucking instrumental to that. Um, but I don't know. I, I think we always see this. And especially we've seen as with rookie quarterbacks this year, which is that week one, maybe even week two, these guys look like awesome. Great. They look like they're going to be fucking the next Tom Brady in to the world. Like see the Sam Darnold week one, take see like the Baker Mayfield when it came back and, won the Browns that game. But then like you get two weeks of game tape, these defensive coordinators figure it out and they're like, okay, <laughs> this guy's not that good. And Lamar Jackson like threw two picks against a very, very bad Oakland Raiders defense. Um, and now he travels to Atlanta for his, I think what is his first home game from them? Or excuse me, a uh, road game, which I'm not mistaken. So I don't know. I, I wish this line, I should have bet it when it was Atlanta plus two. I kind of mad at myself. for not doing that, but I still like Atlanta and a pick them here. I think, the Ravens are good, but like, let's not forget the teams that Lamar Jackson has beaten are the Bengals and the Raiders, who are literally nothing to write home about. So this is a tough matchup. Um, give me this into the Falcons to cover here, Mark. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, you you kind of saw a lot of stuff I was going to say. I mean, essentially, like I don't even think that you needed two weeks of game tape on Lamar Jackson. Like, I think after one, everybody's kind of got it figured out. Like they just played a terrible Oakland Raiders team, and last week he had a twenty six point five QBR i um, third worst in the league behind only Colt McCoy and uh, Nick Mullins. So like, it's, like there's a lot of buzz around Lamar Jackson, but like the, the numbers don't support the buzz. I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And like, I understand why the Ravens are going to stick with him, but at the same time, like he's going up against a professional football team still. And he's going up against a professional quarterback in Matt Ryan. And like, I think this is the game that like, almost like because the pressure is now off the Falcons that like, Maybe they just blow up, you know? Like, maybe this offense, like, stops fumbling on the two-yard line and actually hangs 40 on somebody. Um, I like the Falcons a lot here. I'd like it more if I was getting those two-and-a-half points, but, it's like, I, I'm pretty sure the Falcons are going to win this game. Yeah, I agree. Well said, well said. On to the Redskins at the Eagles, divisional matchup. Oh. Uh, Eagles minus six-and-a-half over under 44. Mark, where's, uh, where's your head at with this game, Mr. Eagles fan? Listen, here's the thing: the Eagles have only covered two spreads this entire year. Like they they should not be they should not be laying almost a touchdown to a team that's ahead of them in the standings. Like I, I'm not gonna bet against them, but I would not tell our loyal fan base to bet on the Eagles here. And like the more I think about this Eagles season, and like I don't know for whatever reason, I don't think it's being talked about that much. But like the thing that's mi- missing the most to me, and like the biggest change from last year, is the offensive coordinator. Like, you look at what Frank Reich is doing in Indy, and, like, he has that team on a roll. Like, um, Andrew Luck, who, like, couldn't even throw a tennis ball last year, is going to be the comeback player of the year. Like, he's a really damn good offensive coach. And, like, I I have not been impressed by a single game plan we've come in with on offense all year. Um, So I I can't tell anybody to bet on the Eagles. not going to bet against them. I I guess, if anything, this over looks okay. What 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 was it over at when you saw it? Yeah, 44. forty-four. That's 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 a really low number. Um, I guess I guess give me the over, but I, I don't like anything about this game. Yeah, this is a stay away if I've ever seen one. Like Colt McCoy didn't look great, but he was on a short week. Like he's you know he's going to get ten days to prepare for this game. I'm not saying that helps him a ton. Like he is still a backup, but like this Eagles team, I get it, they won, but like they had to scrape out a win against the Giants. Too. Yeah as we all know, are also not very good. And that was at home as well. Um, So they didn't cover that, you know, six point spread. Like, I don't know why I would feel super confident about them covering this one, but this is a stay away for me. I was thinking about this. Like if I'm as a Cowboys fan, like who do I want to win this game? Because if the Redskins win, they stay like on, you know, kind of course with us in terms of record or excuse me, no, they go a game above us if we lose to the Saints um, versus if the Eagles win, assuming the Cowboys lose, then everyone is like six and six in the division. Um, I think I lean, like, I actually want the Redskins to win because I have less faith in their ability to win down the stretch. But um, I, I look at this game and I say, maybe the Redskins, if I had to lean one way or the other, but um, all in all, a, uh, a bit of a scary uh, a scary game to bet on. Hari, any thoughts here? Um, <laughs> one, I think that probably the, uh, the only bet that I would take in here is a prop that Col McCoy will throw for less than two hundred. Uh, he averages less than two hundred <laughs> a game, so I would just take that. Um, yeah, this isn't interesting to me. And the only interesting thing is that Ruben Foster just apparently just got signed by the uh, Redskins. Yeah. Well, first of all, the worst. <laughs> he can't and actually. Secondly, second. yeah, but like, what's going on? In fact, there's news now that's saying that Ruben Foster might play this week. I don't really know, but the whole point is, the net is. Uh, the Redskins are the worst. Uh, any team that just is like openly uh, hiring domestic abusers, uh, hope, I hope they lose by a hundred points. So yeah, give me the Eagles to cover by a lot. By the, the other, the other thing that I like points. to remind, I like to remind people that like in 2018, in the age of political correctness, this is like the one franchise that is literally named after the color of a people's skin. Like they, there's yeah. no, there's no redeeming qualities about this franchise, about this owner, especially like. This. get him out of here. Like, I, I hope the Eagles win, but I'm not too fired up about it. Also, as a note, yeah, Mark, this idea that your offensive coordinator leaves and then all of a sudden your team is in shambles, uh, where have I heard that story before? After uh, you, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, I'm just you from the future, Mark. It's me, from you from the future, telling you that next year won't be very good either. Yeah, and he wasn't going to leave until Belichick managed to pull Josh McDaniels out of that Colts job and back to New England. We we're gonna keep that. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> That's great. I love it. I love every part of it. All right, on to guess the line of the week. Um, and this is an interesting game, and I think it's Sunday night football as well. Vikings at Patriots. Mark, you get to go first and see what's in the last one. What is your guess for this one? Um, my guess for this one, I th- I think that like I think that Vegas isn't gonna give the Vikings quite a touchdown, but I think it's like in that neighborhood of a touchdown. Uh, So give me – give me the Pats minus six over under 54. Sorry, Give me the Pats – I mean, yeah, I think, like, it's so stupid. Like, we have to always say the Patriots are favored by a touchdown. So I'm going to say the Patriots by a touchdown and then give me 58 maybe. Interesting. Uh, So it opened at seven and a half but has been bet down to five. So New England minus five, over under 48, which is low. What are we missing? Um, yeah. I guess, like, like, yeah. Who are all these, who well, are I guess these people betting on the, on the Vikings? So, so the New England defense has actually been trending in the positive direction over the last few games. If you look at their last few games, they've gone, like, I can see why the the over under is so low. Like, they've only, if they've hit 44, 48, 31 and then there's the bears game where they got blown they blew it out in the chiefs game before that so i think like that's probably the reason but like i'm very surprised to hear that people think the vikings with garbage kirk cousin who's the fucking worst and no one likes <laughs> him. that guy's not gonna win a fucking sunday night game that guy's garbage in prime time dude tell that to him last sunday when he fucking beat the packers that's because the the packers packers actually just yeah the packers one are done and two we like talk about the Packers like they don't have like a half game lead on the Buffalo Bills. Like the Packers are done. <laughs> They're finished. Oh, like they have the it. same record like, as the Bills. Like get up. This is my favorite take at work as well. I get so much heat. Essentially, Aaron Rodgers is overrated. We can <laughs> go into that in another in another day. But um, yeah, I think I look at this game. I'm like, 4 does it not, Doesn't doesn't forty eight feel low? Well? Like who? I get like the pass defense is trending in the right direction, but is that because they've had games against the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins, or is that because, like, they're actually good? Like, you're not going to sit here and convince me that because like, their defense has got to go up against the vaunted, like, Titans, Jets, Bills, um, that, like, they are now a, a prominent defense. Um, so, look at 48. I'm like, the Vikings defense, albeit, um, is good on paper, but has not lived up to be that good. Um, and Kirk Cousins, like, for what it's worth, has been able to score the football. I think they've scored less than 24 points just once this season, and that was 23 against the Eagles. So, like, if you tell me the Vikings are going to get to 24, then, like, aren't the Patriots going to be, all, like, if they're going to be supposed to cover, like, get to um, at least, like, I mean, eight, that's it. Or 28 or, yeah, 28. That's it. Exactly. So, I look at this and say the over seems very, very intriguing, um, unless there's, like, crazy weather in New England that I'm missing. Mark, you been no, in the it's a sixty percent chance of showers. Um, if I were to oh, miss this game, least I lead least the Pats. But like as as we discussed, like every time I bet on a fucking team, they let me down. So I, I, it's probably a stay away. I mean, I don't know, man. Like it's it's gonna be December. Like Tom Brady is gonna start being Tom Brady, and the Pats are probably gonna win this game. But um, I guess he's being close. So I have to stay away. I mean, the Pats. Yeah, play, playing five and a half. If I had to though. Oh, Samin, Can I ask a question? What is what's everyone's yes. Super Bowl prediction right now? Who's gonna play in the Super Bowl? Ooh, interesting! Saints, um, Pats. I, uh, I was gonna say I was gonna say Saints Steelers until this past weekend, um, but I actually think it'll be Saints Chiefs because I think the Chiefs are gonna get the one seed, and so like you have to go to Arrowhead to win. Yeah, I say Saints too because that's that's exactly what's gonna Saints Pats, And here's the here's a little gambling tip. This Chiefs are going to open up as like, I think the pass like probably will fall off, Like maybe one of those weird wild card games, maybe something crazy will happen. And then they are going to have to travel to Arrowhead. And then people are going to be like, this is it. This is the end of Brady. There's no chance he goes into Arrowhead <laughs> and wins this game. It's going to be so <laughs> difficult. The crowd is so loud. They're trying to set the decibel record. And then in the third quarter of that game, when he's up like 17 to three, and it's just, it's just Belichick standing on fucking Andy Reid's throat. Um, please remember me saying this right <laughs> You're not wrong. I, I think that's a great, great point, and it's probably exactly where this will go. Uh, full disclosure, I've already bet on um, the Chiefs and the Saints to make the Super Bowl, so <laughs> I'm a little biased, call it what it is, but <laughs> uh, like before that Falcons game, I need to pull this up, but I think you could get yeah, you could get the Saints at plus five twenty five. Which was like I was oh wow. like, okay, this this is oh Wait. sorry. I'm sorry, no, it was it was it was it was three fifty for the Saints, it was plus five twenty five for the Chiefs. Yeah. So anyways. All right. So that takes us through another week. Uh, good good being back on it. Good, good being back on it. Um We'll, uh, we'll definitely make sure that Maya gets her sleep training in. So if we need to do NPR podcast next week, we'll keep that in mind. Um, but otherwise, happy gambling. And we are out.